going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick. So glad you're tuning in. Welcome back to our extended stay of persons of interest, summer takeover. And right before we go into September and launch our new series and our new kind of flow of Vantage Point. And so I'm excited for what's to come. Man, be paying attention. There's going to be some some big things coming with that. Different series that we're doing to close out 2023. But before we get to all of that, man, I had one more um, interview, one more um, extended stay episode I wanted to do, and 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 I was able to get connected to this um, this young woman through social media and just watching her ministry from a distance, watching everything that she does. And I just said, she's got to be on the show. She's got to be here. And so she is here and we're going to jump into this episode, man. We're talking about grace. And so hopefully you all are tuning in. Hopefully you were able to go back and watch the last um, or listen to the last three weeks of Vantage Point where you got the kind of the off um, the beginning of our extended stay episode. But today, man, I'm welcoming Jennifer Walton to Vantage Point Podcast. This is her first time. So, man, Jennifer, let us know a little bit about you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Nicholas. So um, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to even be on the podcast. Uh, definitely considered an honor. Um, currently, I do a lot of things, but I will share very briefly. I serve as the media director and youth leader at my church, Faith Temple of Christ, under the leadership of Apostle Dennis Walton and also his wife, Minister Sheila, which are my parents. So really grateful for the opportunity to serve there and work with media and youth, which are two of my greatest passions. Awesome, 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 and definitely welcome. And uh, yes, serving in youth ministry and and media production, um, definitely two things that that I am also familiar with. So I already know the time um, and commitment that it come that comes with that. And so definitely appreciate you taking the time to to um, connect with us and vantage point. And again, wherever y'all are listening from, man, we hope this episode blesses you. But like I said, we're talking about grace, and I think it's something that we as Christians, um, we hear and we, what I would say is we assume to understand uh, the depths of grace. We assume to understand what grace is and why it is. Um, But what I've I've found, and I don't know, Jennifer, if you're the same way, but it seems like it's one of the topics, one one of the concepts of Christianity that people have many assumptions on, or it's something they struggle with, which seems to be, you know, kind of the case as we go through this journey with a lot of things when it comes to our faith. And so I want to just kind of get your thoughts, your initial takes on like, how would you define grace uh, within that framework of Christianity? Gotcha. Um, yeah, so grace is a gift. Um, that's what, you know, God's word says. It says, for by grace, we are saved through faith. It's not of anything we've done. It's the gift of God. And that's Ephesians 2, 8. So it's pretty much us receiving something that we do not deserve. Um, So that's definitely what I see grace is. And on the flip side to the question that you just posed, it's a lot of misconceptions about grace. Like how far can God's grace go? Can I just do whatever I want to do? And God's grace is still cover me. 
And it's like, no, you know, absolutely not. And and Paul says that too, even, um, you know, in, in throughout scripture, he's like, okay, since we received grace, like, does that mean we should keep on sinning? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not what having God's grace means. Just because I have this gift um, from God doesn't mean I can just abuse it or misuse it or use it however I want to use it or use it as an excuse to keep, you know, uh, within this lifestyle that I want to stay on or doing the things that I want to do to fulfill my flesh. However, God's grace will extend to us when we really are trying to be in right standing and pleasing to God. So I, I really, that's my take on it. And I try to keep that balance because it, it can be almost like a fine balance between, you know, the two, but I think, um, believe actually in, in God's word when um, think about the story with the woman who was caught in the midst of adultery. Um, that to me sums it up completely what that fine balance is. So she was caught in the midst of adultery. Everybody was around her ready to stone her to death because that's according to law, what should have been done. But Jesus pretty much like, okay, whoever has never sinned in your entire life, cast the first stone, throw the first stone at her. And no one could do that because everybody had sinned. And pretty much he told her, you know, where are your accusers? You know, your accusers are not here, you know? So pretty much like that's the grace part. Like they're not here. I, I'm having grace on you. But he also told her to go and sin no more. That's the truth. So she needed that grace, but she needed that truth. And that's why Jesus came even in human form for us. The Bible says he was full of grace and truth. So when we combine grace and truth together, even within our own lives, we can make sure we're not taking God's grace for granted. And I, I love the way that you, you you really kind of broke that down and added this, um, that story to it, because that's, that's actually a story that um, comes up a lot, um, you know, in conversation. I know that's something, a story that within the Bible that I also um have reference when it comes to grace and not only grace but truth and and something that i'm i heard as you're as you were talking right like you talked about uh the scripture uh with paul like do we keep sinning like even if we have grace but do we keep sinning and you know the first thing i thought about was you know it's grace as opposed to tolerance right and even in that same story that you mentioned um the woman caught in adultery uh there there was definitely the the presence of grace but it was also the presence of truth and hey i'm not going to do what they want me to do um but i also need you to not sin anymore right and so there was this love this understanding that i'm going to offer this grace that you don't deserve this gift that you don't readily um or even possess the things to deserve it or warrant it but at the same time, I have to let you know the truth, which is I can't tolerate this level of what you're doing, but I'm going to afford you the grace um, on the back end, uh, on the front end uh, as well. And so I think that's definitely um, something that that I, I believe like it's again, it seems like a simple concept but yet at the same time there's a complexity to it and I wonder like in your experience and kind of a follow-up question the acceptance of grace right like we understand it's undeserved it's unmerited the favor of God we've established that it's a gift from God that we do not deserve right 
And so in your experience with ministry, personal life, like, do you feel that people have a hard time accepting grace? And if so, why? Um, that's a really, really good question. Um, and I wanted to clarify something too, um, with that scripture reference with the lady that was caught in adultery, Jesus actually said, your sins are forgiven of you. And that was the grace part. You know, of course, the, where are your accusers? But he told her your sins are forgiven. So he's like, okay, I have grace on you. Your sins are forgiven, but go and sin no more. This is the truth. You need to get, you know, things together in your life together, you know, um, and you need to live in a way that's pleasing to me. But in regards to the question you just asked, I do believe sometimes we have a hard time um, receiving God's grace, um, just more so because God may have forgiven us, but we're still haven't forgiven ourselves or other people may still be holding things over our head. And the enemy is very strategic in how he um, uses his warfare to try to condemn us. I mean, he's the accuser of the brethren. So, you know, he'll try to accuse us of things that we've been asked God to forgive us of. And God's given us grace in that to even um, overcome that, to be walking right and right standing with him in that area. And then the enemy comes with from with, uh, with someone else. You know, it could be someone we're close to. A lot of times he does like to use people that we're close to. And, you know, we'd be like, oh, you remember what you did uh two years ago, five years ago. Oh, like, you know, and he will use different situations like that to try to get you to condemn yourself. So I believe the solution for that is really um, Romans 8, 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But listen to this part, who don't walk after the flesh, but according to the spirit. So if I've asked God, asked God to forgive me of my sins, he said he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to also cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that part is taken care of. I, you know, asked God to forgive me. I repented. I didn't just say it with my lips, but I really honored him with my life and with my actions. And I really did make that change. And then like in Romans 8, 1, I don't have to feel condemned anymore because I'm not walking according to the things that used to trick me, trip me up before I'm walking in God's spirit. I'm walking after the spirit. So if I'm walking after the spirit, I don't have to feel condemned and I can receive God's grace whenever I need it. So that's definitely where I've seen kind of, it could be more of a challenge is, is when we start to feel condemned and we start to feel guilty and we stay in that place. And there's been times that if I can be completely honest, um, there's definitely been times where I've been there and was like, okay, God, like, please forgive me for this. Like, I'm really not trying to do this, but there's a void in my heart that I know it can only be filled by you, but there's other opportunities or temptations out here that are seeming appealing to fill this void that's inside of me. And I think it can be easy to feel condemned or guilty when you promise almost to God, like, God, like, I want to be right. I want to do what's right in your sight. Forgive me. But then you find yourself falling back into some of those same cycles or habits or struggles, shortcomings. And then it's like, okay, do you just keep going back and asking God, like, to, to forgive you, you know? And, and you almost can sense, like, okay, like, man, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit or, you know, like, is God not happy with me? You know, I, I, 
told him I wanted to do what's right and I asked him to forgive me, but here I am yet again within this same situation. I think that's where that condemnation can come come in. When you know what you should do, but you're still not doing it because there's a void inside of you that's longing for something that you know you shouldn't have. Yeah. No, I appreciate you you sharing that and 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 being transparent because I I know for me as well, like that that challenge in accepting grace lies in me right it's not god's ability to forgive and i like how you clarify i appreciate you clarifying um as you referenced the woman in adultery right it was the, the jesus forgave her of her sin there that was the grace and, and i think we and i know for me i'll, I'll say me because I, I can't speak for everybody else but i i know there have been times where I've done something right not against God's word I've done something against um what it means to be Christian and I get into the mindset and again like you said the enemy just is strategic in the way that he leverages our insecurities and our weaknesses against right. us um because we will get into the mindset knowing we know that God is God and knowing what we know about God, we will still go and say, God, please forgive me. Or God, I don't know if you can forgive this. I don't know if he can. And I, I think a lot of times that's where, um, you know, when you, when you see someone, you know, where you're evangelizing to them, or maybe they're new to, to Christianity or they're new to a relationship um, with Jesus is they, they have this internal struggle of grace and understanding that yes god is a god of forgiveness and god gives us this gift of grace freely um but at the same time there's things we have to do and we get into the mindset that we can't be forgiven of this this is too you know this is too much this insecurity this weakness this everything um it is too much and and one of the scriptures that that comes to mind for me um and it's something that i feel like we can rest on when it comes to grace is that grace is sufficient and paul says this in second corinthians 12 9 and 10 he says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of christ may rest upon me and even when it when it when we think about whether it's weaknesses or, or hardships or whatever it is that we are dealing with that inhibits us from really truly accepting grace, the understanding that in that grace, in that forgiveness, that that is sufficient where we are, not what we have to do. And, and that's the beauty of 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 grace as a gift. Because if you think about like why do we give gifts right as, as people we give gifts you know holidays birthdays you know we give gifts because we love people um and, and i would even argue that you know as we give gifts we do believe that people like deserve those right we give birthday gifts because right. we feel like we you know i i don't know too many people if we're going to be transparent that would give a gift to somebody who don't deserve it Right. Like, would we give a birthday gift to the person we don't know, that we don't talk to, that we don't like, or do we only focus on gifts 
of people we know, relatives, friends, um, you know, significant others and whatnot, right? But this gift of grace is not predicated on those requirements, so to speak, right? And so we have to understand that that when we are operating in this, right, we have our insecurities, we have our things, we have who we are and what we've done, that God is looking at us as saying, you know what, I'm going to give you this gift in the, like, you don't deserve this. Like salvation is is like the first step of grace, right? That's like kind of the first kind of foundational thing. And and then my next question is going to tie into salvation a little bit, but we, we, give our lives to Christ. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Um, and we are born again. We we move forward. And yet that is the first understanding of grace that we don't deserve to be saved. We don't, for the wages of sin is death. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to walk with Jesus, but yet he allows us to as we make the confession and the beauty of that confession, and this is where I want to kind of get, get your um, insight on is I think that's the beauty of salvation. Um, It does not require us to be fixed. It does not require, even though I think the, where people add complexity to salvation is, Oh, I have to be right to come to Jesus. Mm. Like, no, you don't. Like, you don't have to be right at all. If you go in the Bible of any person, you know, Paul is a perfect example of someone who was literally on his way to do what he was doing. And yet Jesus still met him and right. still saved him. And so I, I would love to, you know, as we kind of bridge the two, right, just your your insight on salvation um and and its interconnection with grace yeah i think just going back to that scripture kind of started with that or by grace we're saved through faith it's not of ourselves it's the gift of god that next verse actually says what you were talking about it's not of works lest any man should boast so if it was because of something i could do to make myself right with God, then I would be able to say, oh yeah, I'm the reason why I'm saved. You know, I'm the reason why I'm doing all this good stuff, you know? So God wants us to completely be totally dependent upon him and this free gift that he's given us. And also the scripture you mentioned, like um, that his grace is sufficient in our weakness. He wants us to depend on his grace, even in the areas that we're weak in. But if it's something that we could do by ourselves to attain this salvation, to attain this grace, we wouldn't be dependent on God anymore. We would be depending on ourselves. And a lot of times I believe that's kind of where we do honestly sometimes find ourselves is we're trying to we're trying to be right within our own works. And that's not the way that God created it to work, you know, Um it can't be by our own power. It can't be by our own might. It has to be by his spirit um, that this grace even flows, even, you know, throughout our lives. So yeah, just in regards to salvation, like you were saying, like, you know, when we get saved, like, I, I believe that our spirit is completely saved, but we still have our soul. 
that needs to be saved. Um, that's even why the Bible says to work out your own soul salvation. Um, and then it also says um, in another scripture to receive with meekness, God's engrafted word, because it has the power to save your soul. So, you know, man is a threefold being. We're spirit. We live in a body. We have a soul. So when we get saved, that don't mean like our whole spirit, soul and body is saved. Like, no, we still got our soul that needs that salvation. And we need God's grace to work out our own soul salvation. Eventually our body will be saved when Jesus comes, returns and gives us our glorified bodies. But that grace is still an important aspect of our salvation, even within our soul, because it's a process, you know, um, it didn't take one day for our souls to be, you know, all janky and have these issues going on. So it's not going to take one day for it to be saved. That's why the Bible says to work it out, you know, work it out, um, get in your word, spend time in God's presence, uh, have a community of believers around you. So that way you can be becoming more and more like Jesus, even within the area of your soul. No, I 100% agree. And I, I think that, um, you know, as we go through this walk, right, like, like you said, it is a process, right? Nothing happens over time. And, and even the breakdown of, of, you know, our soul, our body, our, you know, making sure that that we understand like this concept of grace this this the 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 gift that we receive is not something that like you said it's not overnight it's not something that happens quick it's not a snap of a finger it is a process um you know i i my grandmother used to say you know you know it, it took you a long time to get in the mess it might take you a long time to get out the mess and right. so you know <laughs> it, it's a process for sure and i think that's where you know, in our society and in culture, um, and you may see this um, with when it comes to youth um, ministry is we, you know, the idea of a quick fix, the idea, or, or I've heard it, you know, microwave society, right? We want something quick, we want it fast, and we want it our way. Um, but there, there is a process, there's a journey, there's a, there's a, um, you know, focus and, and mindset that we have to adopt and build and grow and grace plays a huge part into that and I think even as we the one thing because um, we've mentioned Paul a few times in this episode is someone who we can see that was grace was such a gift to them and we saw the power of what that gift can produce on the back end of it, right? And so as Paul receives this gift, he is ultimately teaching and a lot of his teachings have the undertone of grace, right? You think about his letters to the churches and 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 helping them and trying to get them to see um, where they are and and all those things and, and, and calling out truth, but doing it in love and doing it in grace. And, uh, and I think that's something that as we walk through this Christian life, as we walk through um, you know, discovering more and more who Jesus is, that we have to um, be able to 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 exercise that and share that, right? And whether through our testimony or through our teaching or through whatever we do and have that same thing. Um, and it was something um, that, that I want to get your perspective on. And, and we're coming to the, the close of the episode here soon. But I wanted to 
um, just think of like expound a little bit on because we talked about process. We talked about those things and the role of relationship um, with Christ, right? We see that in Paul's life. I think, you know, you've mentioned it um, with your own. I've mentioned it in mine like this, and we haven't quite outright said it in, in this way, but, you know, once we've received this, this gift of grace, um, it's really through the relationship with Jesus that we begin to understand grace, right? I look at the, you know, for example, I look at love as something that we think we have an understanding of, but until we are in relationship with Christ, that understanding begins to be transformed, just like any other uh, thought or idea that we have. It Once you're in relationship with God, um, the, the ideas that the things that you may have thought or you think start to be transformed and aligned to what his word says and what his will wants. And so as it comes to grace, uh, I'm curious, like as and it could be for you, it could be just in general, practical, what does the role or how does the role of relationship play in our understanding and ultimately acceptance? Um, and then even reciprocation, right? We're giving it back. And I hope I use the right word in reciprocation, but we're able yeah. to give it back um, once we understand it. How does that relationship play in that? Yeah, so actually, um, I was going to mention something with this, but then your question um, asks about it. So relationship is so important. And I always say it like this, um, just a revelation God gave me. So God wants a real relationship with us. He wants it to be real. It has to be authentic. I mean, you think about the relationships that we have with people. If there's no authenticity there, it's not going to develop. There's not going to be any trust. Um, there's going to be misunderstanding and that relationship may not be uh, together for very long. So God wants it to be real. He wants us to really be authentic. And I think we can get a great example of what a relationship with God means is just by looking at the life of, of King David, you know, he was so real with God in the midst of his shortcomings. You get what I'm trying to say? Like in the midst of even his sin, he was still real with God. He was still honest about where he was. And that's why he was a man after God's own heart. Because even though he made mistakes as we all do, and he made some, some really really bad ones that were tough blows for people. I mean, a whole man was killed. He took yeah, the yeah. lady's <laughs> wife. Like you understand, understand what I'm saying? It wasn't small things like oh, that. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't small things. It was things that people would like, if it happened to any of us today, we would be like, oh, absolutely not. Like probably off with his head if they're not in a good place, like a spiritual, you know, place. Like people would take that really bad. And even in the midst of that, you know, God still had grace on him. Now we talk about the wages of sin is death. Look at that in King David's life. What things did he have to sacrifice? What things were consequences as a result of the sin? The son that he had with um, the lady, the son did not make it. The son died, you know, his whole house, it went into ruin um, you know, there was a lot of, there was killing that took place. I mean, his whole son, Absalom was trying to cause a, a rebellion, you know, and almost did, you know, so there were consequences for David's actions and sin, even as there are just 
natural consequences that come when we aren't obedient, when we do sin. But grace was, I will establish your kingdom forever. There will be no end to your kingdom. There will be no end to it. And he still remained king, you know, because God had, he had a relationship with God and God loved him so much because he still tried to get it right when he realized the gravity of what he did, you know? So with relationship, even in the midst of our shortcomings, God just wants us to be honest and real with him. And that's when he can come in and extend his grace to us. And another thing I wanted to share is this relationship with God is not a performance that goes back to works. You know, God doesn't want uh, someone that's just performing like, okay, I'm doing this because I, I want to get this or I'm doing this because I feel like if if I don't like, you know, this will happen. Like, you know, it's it's not about performing for God. God wants sons and daughters. That's what he called us to be. He called us to be his, his daughters. And we have to almost get out of that mentality of, um, like we're not orphans, you know, we have a father and he's a loving father <laughs> and he loves us with an everlasting love. And that's never going to change. He doesn't want sons and daughters that feel like they have to perform for him. He wants us to love him because we just are like, like, I love you, God. Like, I love your presence. I, I, I don't want to sin because I want to please you. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, it has to come from that relationship with God. Not that, okay, if I sin, I, I don't want to sin because I don't want to go to hell. It, the relationship can't be fear-based. It has to be based in, in a place of love in our heart. So, you know, that's a big thing I see. It's a big challenge that, you know, sometimes we uh, have this mindset of orphans. We don't really realize like God wants to be our father, you know, and when we have this father, son, father, daughter relationship, that changes everything. When we see it like that and not like I'm trying to work to get God's love or I'm trying to work so I could just go to heaven. Like I'm trying to work for his love. You don't have to work for it. He's already bestowed it on us. You know, he's already given it to us so lavishly. We just have to depend on him, depend on him and realize that it's not about being perfect. It's about being willing to allow God to perfect us even in this relationship. And I've had to learn this even, you know, the hard way throughout my life. Cause I, I, I'll be honest, like, just like my, my personality, I like things to be right. I like things to be excellent. I like to do the best that I can do and whatever I do. But when it comes to your relationship with God, even if you're a person who's more have a proclivity toward um, perfectionism or performance, even in your relationship, you have to really knock all that out because even how you have your relationship with God, that will affect your other relationships and those things don't work in 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 any relationship because it's based off of what you think you can get, not based off of this is the love that I have within this relationship. So that was something that God had to teach me, you know, um, even at a young age that it's, it's not about you being perfect, you know, Jennifer, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Like what the Bible say, like all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. That's when Jesus, God sent his son Jesus to die for us, not just for our past sins, but for our, our the things that we may be struggling with presently and anything that we will do in the future. But it's depending on God to perfect us and make us more like him. That's where the grace comes in, you know, so. 
No, I, I appreciate you sharing that and, and the breakdown. I, I think you, if you haven't already um, gotten some level of, of, of sermon series on, on relationships, I'm telling <laughs> you, there's something, it's something there. And I, I'm, I'm serious. Like there, there's definitely something there because I think you hit on a, you hit on a few things um, because I, I think you're right. Relationship with God is not a performance, even though sometimes I think we think it is. Um, we go through ministry, we go through life, we go through, let me yeah. do these things. Let me check this box. And this is what this, because that's in our mind. If we're, if we're honest, that's how a lot of us were taught relationships are. Right. Yeah. Um, we see relationships, we see different things and we, we start to lose sight and lose focus of certain aspects of our faith because of the way we were shown, um, in those things. Right. And so we're shown that we have to perform, right. Whether it's a job, whether it's, um, a relationship, whether it's a friend, whatever it is, like we, we have to do something to mm-hmm. get something. Um, whereas true relationship is not a competition it's not a performance it's it's a passion that's something i actually wrote down i was like relationship with god is not a performance it's about passion um how passionate are you about the relationship um and the reality you again we all fall short of sin doesn't mean we that was before christian before jesus came in our lives we're gonna we're gonna mess up we're gonna do something We're, we're still until we get to heaven and meet Jesus, we are going to fall short. We are going to do something. We're going to do something that's not pleasing. We're going to do something that that is that goes against. It's just it's the reality of life. It's the reality of being a Christian, right? Because we right. are not perfect. Right. Um but we also can't have, like you said, fear in living out that relationship knowing we're going to do these because again we'll go back to the scripture his grace is sufficient his grace is sufficient and great grace is such a running theme in our christianity that I, I feel like sometimes we get too caught up and and you know this like say you mentioned production uh, I've, I've led production in a ministry as well i know like there is a high level of ah. this better be right <laughs> better be right and that don't even come from the pastor. That's coming from me. Um, because if that video don't work or that sound is off or this, th- like, I'm like, okay, we can't get Jesus now because the sound's bad. Like, yeah, and, and that's, that's where we feel. But right. again, it's not performance. It's, it's about passion. Right. And, and sometimes we get those two confused. Um, but I definitely think there's something there. So I appreciate you sharing that. And and before we get out of here, um, I, I want to do two things. One, I want you to share with everyone um, just how can they connect with you? How can they um, tap into all the things that you're doing um, in your space, whether it's ministry or personal business? Um, and then also um, just a prayer. Uh, for people who are listening, whether they're listening to this for the first time or they got it, got the link from somebody or wherever they're listening from, just want to always give give my guests the opportunity to pray um, for people, whatever God has put on your heart. Um, and you can do that in whichever order you want. Okay, yeah, thanks, uh, 
Nicholas, for this opportunity to be able to talk about this. I really enjoyed the conversation for sure. And um, yeah, if you would like to connect, uh, I'm on Instagram and also on Facebook. Instagram is Jennifer the Creative. And then on Facebook, you just type in my name, Jennifer Watson, it'll come right up. Um, and like Nicholas just shared, you know, I guess the topic of grace, I, I'll be honest, uh, I didn't realize, like, sometimes you're talking about some things like that, and you don't realize, like, that that is a vein, you know, that, that God will have you to go in, but yeah, share different encouragement, um, even on thread, I'm on that as well, um, so just look up my name, and we can connect, and I share a lot of encouraging content but then also I share things in regards to media um so I have two businesses creative rise media productions and then also faith works media creative rise we do everything from graphic design video production recently expanded into just like media production for events organizations so you know we're like you're all one stop uh media production company and then FaithWorks Media, we create documentaries and movies that display the power of raw faith in the midst of real life challenges. So that was a new venture. We're really excited about that. Um, we actually are producing a docu-series right now that I'm really excited about called Relentless Faith, Rebuilding the City of Gary. Um, it's now on Prime Video and will be available to watch on other platforms too. So definitely connect with us on Facebook at either of those businesses or both. And um, yeah, it's a lot of exciting things happening and uh, just looking forward to connecting with you guys. Um, so I'll just go into the prayer um, now. Uh, so Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to just be able to talk about grace and just how your grace is sufficient for us and how much you love us. We thank you, God, that you are the God of all grace. You are the one that extends your grace even to us, even when we don't deserve it, because that's what grace is. It is your gift. But I just pray, God, now that even more understanding will come of your love, God, even as I hear more understanding, more revelation of your love, of the great love that you have for us, God, because if we know how much you love us, God, we will pursue that back. So I pray that you give every single person who's listening right now, give them a revelation of your love. Give us a revelation of just how long, how high, how deep, how wide your love is for us, God and have an understanding even of your grace, Father God, and how you want us to even have truth in our lives. We thank you, Father God, Lord, for grace, Father God, Lord, producing fruit even within our lives, God, that we will have an understanding of this and that we will be even be able to show and teach other people about it because we have the revelation in the name of Jesus. I even pray for everyone's relationship with you. If there's anyone who is away from you, help them to realize, God, that they can come back to you because you are all Always there with open arms, God, ready to receive us, God. We may have went away, but you never go away, God. You are always there calling out to us. So we thank you, Father God, right now, God, that they receive even now, Father God, a revelation that you are waiting, Father God. And it's not about a performance. It's not about what we can do. You already completed the finished work. You just need us to depend on you and have faith in what you did. So we thank you, Father God, that we have that faith. We thank you for that faith being in every Every single person that's listening right now, God, that we will have faith, God, that this knowing that this grace only works through faith. It cannot work outside of us having faith and faith works by love. So we thank you, Father, for again, a revelation of that love. 
of your love of how much we are loved by you, our Father, God. Let every person, God, have a real relationship with you, an authentic relationship with you that's real, that's not fear-based. We thank you, Father God, that there will be no, Father, fear-based relationships even after listening to this, even after partnering with this prayer, Father, that we love you, Father, and we want to please you. We don't want to please you just because we don't want to go to hell. We want to please you because we love you and we know how much we are loved by you, our Father. And we just thank you, Father God, even for this grace, Lord, that we continue to grow in grace and in the full knowledge of you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we pray. Amen. 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 And Jennifer, thank you so much, uh, not only for uh, praying for us, but just even again, agreeing to to come on Vantage Point. And I'm telling you that this uh, was such a blessing uh, to connect and be able to um, talk about uh, grace in the way uh, that we did. And, and I also thank you for sharing um, contact information for everyone listening. Uh, you can look in the um, the description. There'll be links right there um, to everything that uh, Jennifer mentioned as far as connecting with her, whether it's media, uh, just social media, or even um, her ministry or her father's ministry out there in Gary, Indiana. And so definitely, again, we appreciate you coming on and definitely first time, but won't be the last time. And so definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate uh, you coming on and for everyone listening whether you're in the U.S. Or, or globally man we thank you again always for tuning in to Vantage Point and remember keep seeking insight keys and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God it'll change your world and your life God bless